0: Thanks, Jim. Evening, everyone. Slightly old school tonight. No PowerPoint keynote presentation. Ray. Just um, Bible, preacher, Holy Spirit. So um, we'll see where we go with that uh, in the next few minutes. Uh, want to talk to you from John 15. If we could keep it on the screen, that would be great, so that um, if people get bored, they can read on. Um, that would be really helpful. We're going to look at John chapter 15, remembering that over the last few weeks we've been looking at the last, uh, the famous words of Jesus, the last that he said to his followers, as he encouraged them to prepare not just for the, his death and his resurrection, but that he was preparing them for what's up ahead. So it seems appropriate uh, that we glean from the teaching of Jesus. What does it mean to be a disciple, to be a follower of you and to take to heart these last words that he spoke. And so tonight from John chapter 15, famous, famous verses from which there have been many songs written down, uh, but not tonight. So um, uh, loads of things that have been spoken about this, and I want to pick out a few thoughts from John chapter 15, these first uh, few verses. I'm going to need some help though tonight, not just from the Lord, uh, but from from you. I always worry when you're preaching in a church and people start praying things out loud like, help him, Jesus. Um, it happened to me once in a church in London, so um, if you feel we're struggling, you, you could pray that out loud. But uh, I need, uh, particularly need a Bible reading read from two people, uh, somebody from this side and somebody from that side. So let me tell you which bits of the Bible so that you can think it's not 95 verses long and... Uh, in Hebrew. So um we're in, so here we go. Uh, Isaiah chapter five verse four. Who would like to read that? We'll do that one. Thanks, Annie. That's great. So we've had this side. Now this side. The next one is from Jeremiah chapter two verses twenty one. Who's that one? You do that one. They're volunteering you now. Don't Anybody else from this side who would like to volunteer themselves? Love. Thank you. Oh, Dave, well done. You got my wife a Bible. So, good. Back to John 15. Oh. Jeremiah 2, verse 21. Just that one verse. Uh, Karen's already volunteered there, Dave. Sorry, beat you to it, Dave. You better do it. Um, Jer- <laughs> Jeremiah two, verse twenty-one. You can, we can have it. We can have it. We can have it in stereo, front and back. No, not yet. Wait for it. Not yet. Wait till I say go. He's ready. He's got eager. So John chapter fifteen. Focus. Uh, John chapter fifteen thinking about uh, the words of Jesus and the whole passage in a sense is geared around this one thought that that Jesus wants from his people uh, the bearing of fruit he wants from his people the bearing of fruit and ultimately in in this passage that's so that God's get God gets the glory in all things but the desire from Jesus for his disciples is that they would be people who would bear fruit Hold on to that thought because that's the key bit from this passage as we go through it. Jesus wants fruit bearers. And in verse 2, if we thought that there was any doubt about that, Jesus mentions it three times. He talks about people not bearing fruit and the branches being cut off. He talks about people bearing fruit as a result of being pruned. And then he says, uh, so that in all things you will be even more fruitful. Isn't that good news for us tonight? That His purpose for us is that we would be even more fruitful. Whatever we've experienced so far, whatever things have bubbled to the surface, whatever things have grown in our lives, God wants for us that we would be even more fruitful than we've seen so far. Even if we could stand here and say... I've planted 500 churches, or I've led 3,000 people to the Lord, or preached 4 million sermons, or whatever it is, I've written 25,000 worship songs. Whatever it is, God says to us, but my plan is that you would be even more fruitful. So here we go, verse 1. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. And in this thought, Jesus is talking specifically about a concept that would have been very familiar to his disciples. I don't know whether you ever thought why Jesus described himself as the true vine. He goes on later on to describe himself as the vine, but he says at the beginning, I am the true vine. And there's a reason why he said that, because if he just said to his friends, I am the vine, they would have been thinking to themselves, this is not a good thing, Jesus. Uh, We've heard the teaching about the vine before. We know that uh, the, the vine is not altogether a good thing. And here are two little bits of the Bible, are you ready, Dave, that uh, just illustrate that. Annie, you're going to go first. Done first what more my than I have done for it? When I looked for good grapes, why did it yield only bad? When I looked for good grapes, why did it yield only bad? So in the Old Testament, when the vine was an illustration of Israel, the people of God, and they were meant to be those that had a heart to follow God, to live for him, to never be led astray, to always trust to obey the commandments and to live like that. But that wasn't the pattern that followed in their lives. The people of God, God often headed off in a reasonable direction and then were led astray and started worshipping idols, uh, praying in the wrong direction, living inappropriately. And so what was meant to be a good picture of the people of God being the vine ended up being, in a sense, standing over them as condemnation. You are not living as you ought to be living. And Isaiah, uh, the image of the vine, comes through several times in Isaiah uh, it's there in Ezekiel as well. And also in Jeremiah. Dave, go. How then did you turn against me as a corrupt and wild vine? So when Jesus is starting to think about what he's saying to his friends, his followers, he, it's no accident that he starts in this section by saying, I am the true vine. I'm the good vine. I'm the way that things were meant to be in relationship with the Father, in perfect union with the Father. That's the way things were meant to be. I am the true vine. And then he, as he smiles at his friends, he says, and my Father is the gardener. My Father is the gardener. Now in that, there would have been good things and bad things. How many of you are really, really excellent and good gardeners. That's a bit disappointing, isn't it? Nobody. I'm not very good myself at. Dave, you're a bit. You do a bit of gardening. And uh, anyone else here do a bit gardening? A little bit of gardening. You mow the grass from time to time. You do a bit of, a bit of gardening. John does. Karen's. Karen is is the is the gardener. In our house, um, I got in trouble on Radio Bristol one time because I said if it was down to me, I'd concrete the lot. And uh, Radio Bristol had more complaints, more complaints about that than anything else, uh, anything anybody ever said on Radio Bristol. So, uh, hey, you live and you learn that um, you, people couldn't people couldn't see me smiling. I think on the radio, face face for radio, they said to me. Um, so um, so uh, so Jesus is highlighting I'm the true vine my father is the gardener and you as he spoke to his friends are the branches and uh, the clear message to them which Jesus then illustrates is that sense of you know the true vine you're connected to me but it doesn't remain there because my father is the gardener he's the one who does the pruning or the cleaning up he prunes in order that more fruit might grow Jesus' friends would have known exactly the picture of the vine because in Palestine they'd have seen the vines growing on the hills they'd have known that there were two types of branches, the branches that bared fruit and the branches that didn't bear fruit and that the role of the gardener with the vines was to to cut back the branches that weren't bearing fruit and to prune the ones that were so that they would bear fruit more fruit. That's the role of the gardener. A good pruner, apparently, j- prunes the branches in order that they might grow more fruit. And it's worth saying, I think, that, for, that God's heart for us is always to bear fruit, to be more fruitful than we are. And therefore, we shouldn't be surprised in our lives if that works out with some pruning, some cleansing. And in fact, it, in the Greek, The word for pruning and the word for cleansing are the same word. And Jesus uh, uses it twice in the early part of this passage to say, look, my, my father is the gardener. He's going to clean you. He's going to prune you so that, why? So that we'd be hurt or anxious? No, so that we could be more fruitful. The paradox in the Christian life is that if we want to be more fruitful, we're going to be more pruned if we want to be more used of God we're going to be open to his uh, cleansing his correction his direction in our lives and it seems that we it's not a very comfortable message is it because we think wouldn't it you know I want to be I want to be in more worship services Lord where you where you're poured out and your blessing falls upon me so that I would bear fruit and the Lord says well yeah of course as you worship and as you meet with me things happen but ultimately the Father is in the job of pruning people like you and me so that we would bear fruit. And that pruning is not always comfortable, is it? The experiences in life whereby we uh, have a sense of being pruned by God. The, uh, the fact that somebody might uh, point something out to you that needs changing in your life can be used by God in that sense of pruning. And, I mean, you know, I was going to hands up who loves that. None of us do, do we, really? None of us do. Somebody says, you know, I see this side in you or, you know, the way that you spoke or the things that you said that, that was, you know, just not great. There are you, none of us love that stuff, but in it, God uses us to become more like him. That pruning process is absolutely essential so that we would be even more fruitful and I've noticed this this pattern in my life that the more open to the pruning of God the more fruit I have the opportunity to bear the more things can grow because when my life is filled with rubbish then there's no space for anything else to grow when stuff is pruned and, and chopped back, then there's space for good stuff to grow in its place. And so I would say for us this evening to, to welcome the detailed and focused, loving, caring gardener of heaven who, who just is at work pruning our lives bringing some change, some transformation, pointing some things out. Um, even when we have within our church services times of confession, when the Lord highlights something in our lives that needs confessing, saying sorry back to God, there, there is, I think, a pruning thing that takes place when we confess. When the Lord says, here's this little area in your life that just is not very honoring to me we have to give up something of ourselves when we confess and we say sorry and we receive his forgiveness and pruning takes place and fruit starts to grow in its place so I would say welcome confession Uh, welcome it when you meet with people if you're in a little triplet confess your sins to one another uh, so that what? we might be healed well, we might be made whole. The book of James says, "When we confess our sins to one another, we might be made whole." So I would encourage you to confess to one another your dirty laundry. Do not air it in public, but do air it with the people who you are closest to. It's why we've been um, talking about these tie groups. Tie three is enough. As fantastic opportunities to, to uh, keep one another accountable, to confess your sins, to say I'm really struggling in this area. I think Christians who press into that in small groups, in triplets, are the kind of Christians that grow because we are open to that pruning process. Unpruned Christians don't grow. They just don't. So welcome it when you see it in front of you. And then Jesus says, you know, that he, his desire for people that they would be even more fruitful. Pruning is good because it leads to more fruit. And then he says, look, and if you want the secret of, of uh, more fruit and being a branch that bears fruit, even alongside the pruning, it's this. Remain in me no fruit, no, no branch can bear fruit by itself, Jesus says in verse 4. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. You can't, uh, you can't bear fruit unless you remain in me. And that kind of provides a, the, the amazing link, doesn't it, between our following of Jesus and our worship of him. Uh, our fruit bearing is linked to our desire to follow the closer we follow the more fruit will grow and the bible's pretty focused on what fruit might look like those of you that were at the the morning we had yesterday at the school of the spirit we were thinking about the fruit of the spirit when you read through galatians 5 it talks about the inner fruit love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness self-control all of those fruit that grow singular fruit that grow Uh, grow out of a sense of connection to the lord when we are connected to the lord when we're filled with his spirit fruit starts to grow uh, that doesn't rely on us being in a peaceful place it doesn't rely on us being in a peaceful church it doesn't even rely on our lives being completely smooth it relies upon being filled with the Holy Spirit. When we're filled with His Spirit, then fruit starts to bubble up. If that's not a mixing of analogies, fruit starts to grow when we're connected to the Lord. It's the byproduct of being connected is that fruit grows. I've said this before. You never hear a tree, a fruit tree, making um, noises of "Come on, you know, grow." You never hear a tree squeezing fruit out, you know, trying, striving to come on, plums go, or come on, fruit or pear or apple, get out, apple, you know, it's just, you never hear it, do you? A fruit that's healthy, that's connected, grows fruit, it grows fruit because it it's connected. So our focus is to really be connected to the Lord. As a result of being connected and filled with the Spirit, we grow fruit and so there's the the internal fruit there's also the external fruit when you look at passages uh, like for instance in Colossians verse 1 chapter 1 verse 9 verse 10 it says this we pray this this is Paul to the Colossians he said we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way bearing fruit in every good work So there's the connection to the Lord. We remain in him. There's the internal fruit that grows as a result of our friendship with Jesus. And then that flows into the external fruit. The stuff that we do will bear fruit in the works that we do. And here's the thought that we had yesterday that I thought was quite radical. Maybe not, but anyway. It's that fruit grows when we get stuck into action. Fruit grows when we get stuck into um, the good works that the Lord leads us into. That's when fruit grows. I don't think fruit grows just from sitting around in church our whole life. There's good stuff that comes out of worship and connection with the Lord, but I think fruit grows when we get stuck into serving the Lord. Fruit grows there. And if you need any further proof of that read on in John 15 when we think well Lord how do I remain connected to you how do I get connected Jesus said this verse 9 he says as the father has loved me so I've loved you now remain in my love and they must have been saying yes Lord we understand that as a theological concept but how Jesus says this if you obey my commands you will remain if you obey my commands. In other words, guys, live it out. You've got to live it. And he'd have said, you know you, you know what my commands were because you've been hanging out with me for three years. You know what the commands are. And we're in a very f- fortunate position, aren't we, as the disciples of Jesus in the here and now, because we too know what his commands are, don't we? And I, I, I'm going to I see some of your nodding heads so I'd love to hear from you out loud so you get to speak back to me don't often get a chance to do that with preachers so take the opportunity while you can Um, call out to me some of the commands of Jesus as as far as you know them Matthew 5 is a helpful starting point love me, yeah love the Lord with all your heart love and love your neighbour as yourself good starting point isn't it Fruit grows, Jesus says, when you do that. Go on, next one. Say that again. Don't steal. Yes. Standing there in the shop, tempted by the, by the, the beers or whatever. You know, you resist the temptation to steal and you honour God with that choice. Fruit grows, he says. No, Maybe not beer in your case, but um, yes. Other one? Next, come on. Preach the gospel, uh, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. Yes, all of that, all of that stuff. Preach the gospel, raise the dead, cast out demons, heal the sick. When we do that stuff, fruit grows. Or Jesus said, go, make disciples. But Lord, we don't have any patterns, we don't have any courses, we don't have any, we don't know enough. It, Jesus says, as he smiles at them um just go do it go make disciples um, as we do that what happens Great. thank you this is where you get to respond guys i know this is kind of uh, but so fruit grows at more commands yeah come and follow me didn't Deny- i take up your cross come and follow me when we do that what happens so you get to speak back um keep going commands other commands love each other other. when we love each other what happens well done Dave yeah where are you Dave (laughs) so uh, yeah next next one on on it yes I remember the the bit when we do (laughs) when we do that what Dave just said what happens fruit grows you see it's not rocket science is it Jesus says obey my commands when we do this stuff fruit will grow and the amazing thing is that actually when f- fruit grows God gets the glory I mean that's the slightest thing in the tale isn't it but whenever we do this stuff and we find ourselves connected to the Lord because of obeying the commands and getting stuck in then he gets the glory when somebody gets healed he gets the glory. When somebody becomes a Christian, he gets the glory. When a, a wall gets built in the preschool uh, or the nursery, uh, you know, the Lord gets the glory. When people volunteer in the coffee shop, the Lord gets the glory. When we get stuck in, God gets the glory. And that's a fantastic leveler, isn't it? Because it's never about us, how great we were, how wonderful we did this or that or the other. It's always about the Lord getting the glory. And that's the fantastic level of it. The glory goes to him. So, remain in my love, he says. How do I do it? Obey the commands. And then he says on after that, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you. How do we remain in his love? We welcome his joy in our lives. That's why I think gathering together as church is really helpful. To receive more of his joy in me the perspective of life from the heavenly focus rather than just me his joy will be in you your joy will be complete there's that sense I mean I I I, there was somebody was asking me this morning you know what what's what's great about St. Michael's and I, I think there's a sense of us reaching out You know about the informality, and I think a sense of wanting to welcome the presence of the Lord for his joy. Who wants to go to church when people look like death warmed up? (laughs) Who wants to go? Would you go? Would you go? I I would want to go. You know, you go to church and people are looking like they could be elsewhere. You know, like I always think. Well, yeah, I think that would be a great idea. be elsewhere Um, you know there's that sense of joy in us that comes from the Lord that is a way that we can remain and that's why I think the Bible says don't give up the habit of meeting together because we we worship together and joy uh, rises in us and then verse 12 Jesus says my command is this love each other if you want to remain in my love love each other this is the beauty of relationships, isn't it, within our church. That actually, as we love one another, fruit grows. As we love each other, fruit grows. Karen and I were, were part of a church for for a while where they, they battled over almost everything, from whether there should be pews or not in the church, uh, through... Um, the theological principles of uh, whether we believe in being filled with the spirit through to whether the gifts of the spirit are for us today, people fought about almost everything. And do you know, as I look back on that period, it's a bit biggest church, but do you know there was very little fruit that grew in that phase of the church's life. Very little fruit that grew. In fact, the church somehow shrunk both in its vision and its numbers as a result. When we love each other, despite our differences, fruit grows. And then Jesus says, if you're wondering what love looks like, he says, greater love has no one than this, that he lays down his life for his friends. And Jesus is coming into land in this little section by reminding his friends that he was going to do something that would mean that the connection could be made for eternity the connection the friendship with God because of all that Jesus did when dying on the cross greater love has no one than this that he lays down his life for his friends Jesus did it so that we could be friends with God and you know ever since there have been Christians that have been laying down their lives for their friends in the persecuted church even this evening there are Christians laying down their lives their friends not selling out on the gospel and being persecuted as a result instead we think we've got it tough we really haven't have we people uh, giving up everything so that the church might go forward and god honoured when people do that grows it's no surprise is it that in the the two-thirds world the majority of christians who live there The majority of the church is non-white in the world. The majority of the church is in parts of the world where um, there's little food or water or uh, internet connections. That's where the church is largest. And it's where persecution is strongest. And you know what? It's where the church is growing fastest. This is all, Jesus says to my father's glory you didn't choose me he says in verse 16 I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last when I look at my fruit bowl in our house uh, that you know we buy, buy fruit each week uh, it's, it, I've got a whole bunch of bananas that Karen kindly bought for me this last week and it, it, they're, they're fading fast They look like they've seen better days. And to be honest, all they're good for now is is a smoothie. And they're already halfway there, to be honest. Um, Jesus' purpose for us is that there will be fruit that will last. Fruit that will last. That comes from connection with the Lord. It comes from him filling us up and preparing us for all that's up ahead. It comes because we're connected to the Lord And in that process of growing more fruit, he prunes us, transforms us, and changes us. And the fruit that grows, the internal fruit and the external fruit that grows, comes as a result of us obeying his commands and getting stuck in. So why don't we go away tonight with that sense of what John 15 is all about. Maybe to come back to it in the course of the week, to read it again, to remember Jesus said, I'm the true vine, my father's the gardener, and that we are the branches. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. It would be good, wouldn't it, to pray for some of this stuff this evening. So, why don't we uh, take a breath and stand. invite the Lord to uh, continue to do the things that he's doing this evening, to pour himself out again. Somebody said once that the, uh, the branch that's connected to the vine grows fruit because of the connection and uh, grows fruit because sap flows from the true vine through to the branches. and uh, we know that's true because of the Holy Spirit's role in growing the fruit of the Spirit in us. So why don't we welcome the Spirit of the Lord here? Thank you, Lord Jesus. We invite you, Lord, to come and do those things this evening that you want to do to pour yourself out again in this moment. So, Father, we invite you to come. Pour out your spirit, Lord. Thank you that you want good things for us and you want in us fruit that grows that will last. Spirit of God, would you come now.